Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Rock and roll. It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, uh, evening ish edition not gonna be too long of a show today jc sherbert by the way here with you uh just had a couple of things to get to uh, maybe it'll be longer maybe i'll uh blather on and on and on it's about five o'clock in the east four o'clock central so you guys should be getting this in the evening and then we got another uh another one coming up tomorrow so lots of podcasts got a Maybe uh, to hint around about something, get more in kind of the daily grind uh, of this thing, because uh, there's always lots to talk about with the Gamecocks. It's weird that the month of May brings that, but certainly uh, with recruiting and, and things like that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's relevant and, and all that good stuff. So uh, those of you that have been used to getting two podcasts a week, uh, I apologize that you're going to have to catch up if you don't, if you kind of miss it, but you know, the, the one complaint I've had about the podcast, other than, you know, some knuckleheads who aren't going to be happy, uh, no matter what they listen to for me, um, <clears throat> is uh, that uh, they want more. Folks want more. And so uh, I'm going to give you more and, and do my best to do that uh, starting today and, uh, and this week, hopefully. So uh, here we go. News and notes segment is always brought to you by Heritage Digital. You heard the ad at the top of the show. Uh, please patronize Matt and his group. Uh, you know, like I said, if, if you're tired of your IT guy, that's how it always opens. Um, they got a turnkey solution for you right there. And I know how frustrating that is. And uh, when I first started the Big Spur, just the disdain that you get from some of these computer people. And I understood because, you know, some of these guys like they're, they're, they're just coding all day and their head's probably swimming and then they hear from somebody like me, I'm like, can't turn it on. <laughs> but that's not what Heritage does. You know, they're, they're professionals. And I've known Matt for years. A great guy. Certainly knows Gamecock sports and knows uh, all of that within his business. All right. So news notes. It's the afternoon. Gamecocks make the top five. Some recruiting stuff here. Uh, for Gardendale, Alabama, four-star D lineman, Kelby Collins. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Florida are the other schools uh, in the mix. Uh, I personally think if Alabama wants him, that's where he's going. And I think Georgia would have a good shot otherwise. You know, sometimes Florida will sneak into that state and get players. Uh, He liked the Gamecocks when he visited. And um, I'll say this, you know, it's, uh, it's good to have guys like that that have you in the top five, you know, that visit your campus. Because you never know. I mean, what happens if, you know, he liked his Gamecock visit the best of all, had a great relationship with the coaches. He goes to Alabama or somewhere. Things don't work out. And he's in the portal. You can get him back. So it's never a bad thing anymore uh, to finish second in recruiting. And recruiting's gotten crazy. Uh, by the way, if you're a VIP member of the thebigspur.com, read my column today on forgetting everything you know uh, about recruiting. And I've mentioned that on the podcast a couple of times. Get into more of that later. Got some NIL stuff. 
some good uh, board of trustees stuff. Uh, it's not good, uh, but it's good to talk about. And so uh, we'll figure that out too. Another guy uh, on the recruiting trail, Jalon Kilgore uh, from Georgia, a big uh, Gamecock target. Uh, Eatonton, Georgia, Putnam County. It's right there going down I-20 on the way to Atlanta. He uh, South Carolina has been the, was the first SEC offer, uh, all that good stuff. He's visiting Oklahoma, some other places. But the Gamecocks, you know, they, they're right on him. This, this is one. He's a borderline four-star prospect. And when you watch his film, the only reason I can't think, unless, unless I saw him in person and thought differently, like maybe he wasn't as big as he's listed or whatever, you know, there's no way he's not a four-star guy, but you know, these days you, you never know. There's a lot of players out there. Uh, they're they're kind of underlooked right now. He's a, uh, he is a, uh, what is he? Almost a four-star 24 seven sports has him as an 89 uh, composite 0.8839. Um, I think the Gamecocks are in good shape. Now he takes an official visit to Oklahoma June 3rd. Uh, so that's his next trip out there. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, distance from home obviously favors the Gamecocks. You know, I don't know Oklahoma's got that NIL deal going. Uh, so who knows? But, um, you know, I, I feel like those two are probably right there uh, with the Florida Gators sort of lingering uh, in the mix as well. But he would be a big-time get for South Carolina. I have a crystal ball in for him right now. Uh, and as I mentioned when I put that in, you know, I, it, it's, it's for now. You know, it's before he visited Oklahoma. You don't know how teams are going to counter. Uh, I expect him to move up recruiting boards if he's not already. And I think some of these coaches at Florida and Oklahoma are probably sitting there going, what's Georgia doing? Uh, or or they're, they're probably saying, uh, um, well, Georgia must be stacked at D-back <laughs> to, not, uh, to not want him. Uh, and so Kilgore's coming in, so that, that'll be very good. Uh, June 10th, that weekend. Uh, I went through it last episode. It's really setting up to be a huge official visit weekend, the 10th and the 24th. The 10th, you have Dylan Lonergan, and I put in a crystal ball for that quarterback today based on intel uh, from across the 24-7 Sports Network and my sources. Uh, Dylan and Hale actually went down there. Hale McGranahan actually went down to the school, watched him throw. Boy, that kid can throw well, right? Uh, so Lonergan's coming in. Jaden Greathouse from Texas is coming in. Jay Braun Harvey, who is becoming rankings-wise a, 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 a stock-up prospect from the state of North Carolina, um, UNC, Louisville, Carolina. I mean, he doesn't have the gigantic offer list that maybe uh, some other edge players do, but he's getting there. Oklahoma's offered – Former Clemson DN Miguel Chavis offered him. Uh, you know, Washington, the Huskies have offered. Ohio State has not. They've been in touch. Florida's offered. Uh, but it's still not like this gigantic offer. So, uh, and he's got, you know, South North Carolina on the 3rd, South Carolina on the 10th, and Louisville on the 17th. My guess is right now it's a battle of the Carolinas. Uh, so, he's from Durham. So, you want to get a kid from Durham Southern – uh, who, you know, the Tar Heels won't, then, um, you know, I think uh, the, here's your chance for Jimmy Lindsay and, and Clayton White. Uh, and the Gamecock staff loves this film. But Carolina's got to get more edge players. I mean, that's sort of one of those things that I don't think's talked about enough with regards to this uh, recruiting class is, you know, you look and, you know, your Jordan Birches of the world, Jordan Strong's of the world could be gone. Uh, and you got to backfill that. They're going to have to hit the portal probably. I mean, Terrell Dawkins uh, is gone uh, in a couple of years most likely. You know, thank God they got him. But, you you know, and, and look, I'm going to say this too. Uh, edge is not the easiest um, position to find. I mean, Gamecocks really were uh, fortunate with Strawn. And, you know, but you get a guy on the line of scrimmage from a lower level. And I thought Jordan Strong had a great year this past year. Don't get me wrong, you know, playing behind some veteran guys uh, at Carolina. I thought he got better and better and better. And I think by the time the bowl game was there, you know, Aaron Sterling probably graded out better at his position than Jordan did. 
Uh, and Aaron Sterling certainly was a playmaker here for five, six years, however long. Uh, but I think as far as your wild wow plays uh, and your explosiveness off the edge and your length and everything you look for uh, in a defensive end, uh, you know, uh, Strong impressed me a little more. And, and I thought at times he was better big play-wise uh, than Enigbari. Man, you're crazy. No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, trust me on that. Now, I think, I think George Strong have a great year this year uh, rushing the passer. But, you know, he's going to be gone. Uh, if Birch has a big year, he could go. Um, you need edge players. And uh, there hasn't been a lot of guys in the state you know, on the edge has been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, tackles. Uh, and then Montague Rames from Sumter's an edge. He's a big edge. You know, so you're, you're looking at him, but uh, McLeod's a tackle. Uh, and then a lot of these other guys that they're in, Xavier Hardy, they're, they're all tackles. So hopefully, you know, they'll find some edge rushers. And uh, I think this Jabron Harvey kid, I mean, he's listed 6'3", 215. So you look at him and you're probably like, well, could he stand up? Keep in mind, the minute he hits campus, he's probably going to be up 20 pounds. So 235, uh, by the time he steps foot on the field, 240, you know, I mean, he's got a frame, uh, but I think he's a big, big deal, uh, coming and visiting South Carolina, uh, just from a personal standpoint and, and, you know, my affinity to edge rushers, I mentioned Kilgore set the visit. He's coming in. And then another safety is kind of under the radar. He's six three one eighty five. Cameron Upshaw, uh, from Perry, Florida. Uh, Taylor County, uh, Gamecocks have offered Arkansas, Boston College. So, look, you know, uh, say what you want, mid-three-star guy. I see guys like uh, like this from the state of Florida that have size and length and that are physical go to places like Boston College and Arkansas, and in a couple of years, everybody's wondering why the hell they didn't offer him. Uh, so that could be this guy. I like it, you know, I, and, and I, you know, I don't know that, you know, whatever, you know, Florida State's offered him, he says, uh, on his profile, says Penn State's offered. Uh, Florida has not. So, you know, Upshaw could be a guy that, that really blossoms as more people find out about him, you know. Or maybe, you know, maybe people don't like him for whatever reason. I, I won't get that. But you got those five coming in uh, June 10th right now. So that was a little breaking news today uh, on Jelon Kilgore. Um, Yesterday, we talked about the NCAA and what they may do. They came down with, you know, their plan or decision about collectives. Going to get to that in analysis. Let's just say uh, it's kind of disturbing. And I thought it was kind of honestly ironic that the Ohio State of all teams athletic director was so adamant about it, you know, based on. What I hear from the trail there, you know, they their collective's been pretty active. So let's just put it like that. Now, who, you know, who knows? Rumors fly all the time. But I, I thought that that, folks, was, a, you know, an example of – Ohio State's a little different than the rest of the Big Ten, to be honest, because Ohio State, at the end of the day, looks out for Ohio State. I mean, during COVID, when the Big Ten – you know, canceled their season, like the idiot that runs the Big Ten just canceled it or whatever. And, you know, he, he's going to be a big hero and and all this stuff. And the SEC and ACC and Big 12 said, no, you know, the Pac-12 does everything the Big Ten does. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think we, we've established the guy that runs the Big Ten's a moron. He's no Jim Delaney. Um, Ohio State was ticked. And they were like, you know, they inquired about playing in a different league like the ACC for a year. Uh, them in Nebraska were going to play an independent schedule. Uh, they ended up getting it back together, and Ohio State ended up playing for a national championship with Justin Fields. But th they're not as, I guess, uh, hotty to ho ho hoity-toity, I guess is how you'd say it. Or uh, They don't think their poop doesn't stink as much as maybe a – a Michigan or, a, you know, some of those other Big Ten schools. However, there are times they like to hide behind it. And Gene Smith, their athletic director, certainly does. And, um, you know, uh, I just thought it was very interesting. He was out there 
talking about uh, NIL and recruiting, how they have to get it out of recruiting and how they needed fast enforcement uh, and all this good stuff. And then, you know, you, you kind of look behind the scenes and you're, you're hearing, you know, some money, you know, guaranteed NIL money. Well, who's doing it? You know, who, who, who's willing to pay? Well, Ohio State's willing to pay. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I thought their athletic director, you know, was kind of leading the charge. So I don't know, you know, college athletics folks, it's, it's a, it's a hypocritical carousel uh, with some of the people involved. Um, I don't know how some of these folks have jobs, just to be honest. I, I, I'm like, you know, number one, they're not sports people. Number two, they're not very good business people. Number three, they don't really have common sense. Uh, number four, I think a lot of, a lot of them, you know, institutionally and otherwise are greedy. I mean, I mean, think about this, folks, uh, with the NIL thing. There, there was a kid, and I can't remember what school he was at. Maybe, maybe it was a school in the Big Ten. Anyway, so this kid plays football. This kid also likes to cook, right? Uh, and so he set up a camera in his dorm or apartment or wherever and started cooking and did a cooking show. And, and the fans of that school loved it, Right. And on YouTube, you know, you don't make a lot. I can tell you that right now, but you, you, you do get some revenue the more people that watch your show. NCAA stepped in and said, no, you, you, can't, you can't have ads on your cooking channel. Google ads, right? Uh, so something any student out there on any kind of scholarship could do and make the $15 a month or whatever, this guy couldn't get shut it down. So that, that's, that's where the NCAA and some of these suits that run the show have been coming from. Uh, it's almost evil, you know, when you think about that. It's, it's almost evil what they've done because, you know, th there's no sense in it, you know. I, and then they went to court and they're like, we're worried about businesses exploiting the student athletes. And the defense attorney was pulled up a big picture of, um, I guess some national championship team at the, at the final four and they're standing in front of a Gatorade sign, a Chevrolet sign. And <laughs> now how much money are you making off those? You know? So, you know, that's what I think about the recent NIL news and who was affiliated with it. And, and then of course you have the, on the other side of the thing, you have these lawyers and agents out there. And, you know, some of these guys, honestly, uh, and I'll talk about my collective uh, venture here in a second. Some of these guys, honestly, I, I believe and am convinced that they're not in it for the players either. They're in it for themselves and that they feel like all of a sudden they're Jerry freaking McGuire. <laughs> and they're or Bob Sugar. And they're out there cutting deals. So this is their life now. So they want to hold on to it because, you know, hey, it's exciting to wear what a um, orange blazer and get in a private jet and fly to California you know, do a deal, right? Oh, good. You know, never mind. <laughs> you don't know this player is going to be able to. Oh, man. So, anyway, that's the NIL news that came out. We're going to talk about that in the analysis segment here coming up. Uh, also, and this is according to Fitz News. Now, now, in full disclosure, I know Fitz is wrong about some things sometimes uh, with the reporting. Um, I'll also say I know Will a little bit. We have several mutual friends, and I trust him on this. Uh, apparently, State Senator Brad Hutto, who's you know had his uh, let's just say things haven't been good for Senator Hutto lately. Again, apparently, has decided uh, to kill the Board of Trustees uh, bill that um, revamps Carolina Board of Trustees. Now he's connected, of course, to Charles Williams, who is one of the five that they needed to be out. And, and really when it comes to with Charles Williams specifically, I don't, I have mixed feelings because I, I thought that during the Caslin search, he was kind of a voice of reason, but then he lost me with his clueless. I mean, he, he didn't know anything about athletics. And so if you're not intelligent enough uh, or, or don't understand athletics well enough, just don't say anything about it. Yet, you know, he was the only one that voted against Lamont Paris's uh, contract, like an idiot. So 
that's where he lost me. I mean, he's not, you know, the, the one that needs to go right now is Dorn Smith. It always has been, always will be. And unfortunately he's the chair uh, and multiple people I've trusted have, have told me that, you know, I mean, you, you'd be surprised about all that, but, but apparently Hutto and his buddy, Charles, I mean, they're going to table this now. Now here's what this does though, folks. It doesn't even, wait, I'm going to wait till the analysis before I get into all that. It, it doesn't necessarily keep the five, right? Um, Cause all somebody, cause the five are, they didn't get out of committee. So they're serving until a replacement can be elected. So what it will take is someone in that judicial circuit, since if they don't restructure the board, we're still back to judicial circuits, which I think judicial circuits lend themselves to the good old boy system, which a lot of people don't like anymore, uh, more than anything else. Uh, but somebody from that judicial circuit just needs to run. Uh, and I would imagine that person would be met with a lot uh, a lot more friendly <laughs> uh, folks than, um, than that. And, and that, look, uh, the, the rules, and, and this happens in government, you know, state, because Hutto had his name on the bill, that one senator can block the whole thing, takes two-thirds to override that. Now, what sucks, and, and I know the House and Senate in South Carolina kind of don't get along well, but uh, what sucks is that this is a bill the House of Representatives on a bipartisan basis passed 112 to 1. Your job is to do the will of the people that elected you, not the will of your buddies, not the will of your friends, not the will of your good old boys, the people that elected you. So you're telling me, that, you know, the, these 114 people in the House, 113 people in the House, right, or 112 that voted for it, aren't doing what their constituents want them to do, that it's just some, oh, no, so some one senator who, who's got his own problems can, can just, you know, piss all over the will of the people, thus piss all over the University of South Carolina? Are you telling me that? That's not how our government's supposed to work, folks. Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, you know, and, and I guess it has me fired up because look, man, I, I've talked to people in athletics, academics, the number one change that needs to happen at the university of South Carolina is the board of trustees needs to be gone. At least those five and especially the chair. What will fix it? You guys all ask what will fix Gamecock athletics. It's not, it, 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 it's, you know, certainly you can make a check case for coaching changes every now and then, athletic director changes every now and then, all that. But, but you know, guys, look at the history. Look at the history. You know, it, it's not necessarily been, you know, a, a, a parade of champions in Columbia, and it hasn't been because there hasn't been support. It hasn't been because this is a small state. It hasn't been for any other reason. You know, uh, except mismanagement, poor decisions. And guess who's driven all that? That board of trustees. You know, I used to think it was just a boogeyman because I knew some people on the board and they were good people. They're no longer on the board. This is the most toxic, asinine, incompetent. Uh, and I'm not saying all of them because there's 21 people and some of them I don't doubt. But, but this bunch here, the five. Uh, in the history of the University of South Carolina, and it's public record. I'm not giving my opinion. Go look at the videos of the front of the State House Committee and the answers they gave. They're supposed, some of them are supposed to be lawyers. I'm like, dude, you're a terrible lawyer. And doctors, one operating on me. You know, and, and, and I've heard it from too many people. Former personnel members, current personnel members. I'm not naming any names because somebody will go after somebody's job and that's not fair. Or somebody will try to get revenge. And that's not fair. That's good old boy system at work. I don't understand what is so hard about wanting the University of South Carolina academically and athletically to be great is if if 
if that's not what you want, why in the hell are you on the board of trustees? If that's not what you want, you know, take your degree off the wall. Okay. If that's not what you want, why, you know, and, you know, why don't you go ask your constituents who love the University of South Carolina, who care about it? Why don't you ask the people that work there hard every day? What, what kind of crap they have to go through because of this rogue, incompetent board? You know, hey, look, it, if, if it were like Auburn's board, I wouldn't care. I'd care. I mean, let, let me back up a minute as an alum, right? But those guys act like winners, you know. Uh, they're, they're crazy, you know. They make some crazy decisions. But they do what it takes, and they meddle, of course. But nine times out of ten, they make the decision that they feel are in the best interest of Auburn University, and they're not afraid to do it. And that's the case with most of the governing bodies in the league South Carolina plays in and in the state South Carolina shares with Clemson. And the folks in the upstate are laughing all the way to the bank. You know, and, and look, I don't know what's going to happen on the football field, basketball court, baseball diamond next year with those guys in the rivalry. But I think most folks, Clemson folks, understand that South Carolina poses no threat to them as long as, you know, the current setup is in place. As far as Clemson folks are concerned, South Carolina's days are over. Send Steve Spurrier a thank you letter. And I don't believe that. Do you? I don't just, you know, I don't understand the lack of faith in your, in your school as a school and the, the lack of, um, belief in, in its ability to be great. It's, it's just like any other major state supported school in a Southern state, hotbed of football, located hotbed of football talent, you know, Columbia for a time in the, you know, late nineties when Holtz and Bowden were there, you know, somewhat of a liability. They've, you know, the last 22 years, man, look at all the new, it's nice. They cleaned it up. Columbia is a selling point. I, uh, I'm beside myself, folks, about that, beside myself. And it's really not political. Like, it, like if you voted for Brad Hutto um, and, and, you know, or even, even if, you know, you're his friend or, or whatever, you know, even the guys on the board of trustees, if you're their friend, you know, this is not personal. This is about what's best for South Carolina. And I don't understand for the life of me, why the the politics of no continue to get played at, at Carolina. And it's been that way, you know, very few pockets of yes, you know, and, and, and it bothers me because I, I think there's just a general disconnect uh, between, you know, leadership, quote unquote leadership on the board and, you know, reality reality you know so and i'll tell you this too you know they they can poor mouth the buyout all they want when this athletic department is rolling in dough you know they may be playing catch up a little bit but they're making plenty of money and the university itself is flush with cash uh, it's a one point what three billion dollar enterprise. University of South Carolina is one point three billion dollar enterprise. Only thirteen percent of its funding even comes from the state. That's not to mention the impact on the local economies and the various campuses and all that, you know. And there's a lot of good gamecocks in, in the state legislature. You know, I, I don't want to damn all those guys uh, over there because there's a lot of folks that are probably mad about this. You know, assuming there's no negotiation uh, and you don't let go of it, and this article's right. Now, look, hopefully, either the article's wrong, and I don't have reason to believe it's not, but hopefully, they'll steer it through. Hopefully, people will come off of it. Hopefully, that change will be made. Now, the article uh, that Will wrote in Fitz is, is, 
you know, I look, he goes on to talk about how uh, the board revamp or whatever was just a reshuffling and all that. And look, if we want to talk about it in his point of view, and there's a lot of folks that, you know, are kind of of this opinion that higher education should all be private. There should be no state funded uh, higher education. Um, And like I said, 13% comes from the state. That's not a whole lot. Uh, It should all be privatized. And look, there is something to be said for that argument. I don't know that I'm necessarily on board with that uh, or, or that I've even thought about it a whole lot. I, I could, you know, I could see pros and cons either way, but that's not my, my concern is not some greater uh, revolution as far as higher ed goes. You know, that's, that's for, that's for another topic on another show that talks about different types of big things. And I would have to think about it. Uh, my concern is now, you know, what are you going to do to fix it now? You know, you, you can't, the University of South Carolina is not going to all of a sudden go private. That's, that's not going to happen. So, so how are you going to fix it now? And I thought the House bill, which, and, and then the, the bill that was kicked around the Senate was okay. Well, the House bill was, was about as good as you could get, you know, when I compared it to other structures of state-supported schools around the Southeast. You know, and it is just a, you know, and, and fine, you want to get in there and debate it and tweak it, maybe have some different ideas in the Senate, then you reconcile and do whatever. But, you know, you, you know that the time is of the essence, right? You know that time is up. You, you know that the, the session's winding down. They're about to talk about the budget and blah, 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 blah. And it's going to get put on the back burner. So you just kill it because you're buddy. Again, you are elected to do what's right by your constituents. And I would be hard pressed to think that the constituents that you represent that love the University of South Carolina that has a vested interest in it as an alum or otherwise would want anything but. And if they don't, then maybe they don't need to be have a vested interest in the University of South Carolina because they don't really know their butt from a hole in the ground as far as what needs to happen. So anyway, I morphed into the analysis segment there. Uh, it, it just makes me mad because I know how hard the people in the house worked. I know they ended up, uh, you know, whipping up enough vote. I mean, it was an impressive vote. Uh, I know people that were behind this love Carolina and only want what's best. But I, uh, you know, I, I'm beside myself. How dare the state Senate decide that oh they're the guardians of of this when the i mean you know come on i mean i you know maybe i'm naive maybe i'm naive uh but you know if you're you're into politics if you know any politicians even if you don't i'd get on the phone and call your state senator right now leave a nasty voice message you don't have to cuss you don't have to go protest don't have to show up to their house but uh, I would I would leave a, a voice message about it because that's you know th- th- you know this is the worst thing in terms of the present and future that could possibly happen you know and you're finally at a point where you're getting real reform people in the state government are caring you know it's been string after you know it's not just the when they te- when they were in front of the uh, the committee that it was embarrassing think about all the embarrassment that that's happened. Darla Moore, embarrassing. The Kaslan search, embarrassing. During the, the search for the current president, you know, the, the Lou Kennedy situation was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. You know, behind the scenes, it's even worse. It's even worse. I mean, you, you know, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it until this recent basketball search and people started telling me things. And it was, I was like, wow. And before any of you say it out there, that has nothing to do with my criticism of how the, the meandering basketball search went down, nor did it have to do with the fact that I thought they should have hired B.J. Mackey when all was said and done, thought it was a tone-deaf hire. That, that's on Tanner in the athletic department, right? That's on Tanner. Uh, and, and this does not change that. This is about meddling constantly, uh, the, the very embarrassing moments for the university that have happened because of these folks, and it's senseless. You know, you shouldn't look, these guys aren't even like the, well, 
let me take that back. Most of these guys are not even like the top donors to the athletic program. All right. I'm sure they all give money. I'm sure they're well off. But they're not, t- they're, they're not the cream of the crop in terms of like who do they go to in athletics when they need something bad. So they're not even the money people like at Auburn. Like the Yellowwood guy, yeah. How much money does he give to Auburn? <laughs> he can write a check tomorrow. And that's what's going to happen down there too. By, by the way, right now, from what I hear at Auburn, and I'll, I'll get into NIL. By the way, this is the analysis segment uh, before I – Ramble on. I want to tell you about Cindy Searfoss, Colwell Banker Kane in the upstate. Cindy has been in the upstate over 35 years, married to a diehard Gamecock fan, uh, and would love to help you with any of your real estate needs. You can contact Cindy, 864 414 5271, or email her, C Searfoss, C S E A R F O S S, at CBKane, C B C A I N E dot com. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Uh, she can help you in Greenville County, Spartanburg County. She uh, had a happy Mother's Day this weekend. You can uh, follow the Inside the Gamecocks on Instagram and see some of her posts. Uh, but, you know, most importantly, though, she can help you navigate this real estate market. Uh, it's crazy right now. Uh, as we all know, we've been saying that for months, and she can help you out big time. So get in touch with Cindy Sear Foss, 864-414-5271. Tell her JC sent you a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. So let me tell you what I mentioned Auburn before we got off here. So, so apparently what's been happening down there is, you know, the, the NIL thing's happening, and, and I'm going to get more into that here. By the way, I'm done with the Board of Trustees topic for right now. I would love to hear what you guys have to say uh, in the mailbag, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. We don't have any mailbag questions today. Uh, I think it's because we're going right on top of the other, but keep those flowing in. But I would love to hear what you think. You know, maybe I'm a little bit too militant about the need for this happening, but I've, I've just talked to so many people that are important. People that should be surprised that would say this, uh, that they needed a restructure. Um, so, you know, uh, so that's that. So we'll see how it unfolds. Um, I would just contact your representative and tell them, absolutely, you want this to pass. You want this to pass the Senate. You want the restructure. You want those people out tomorrow. (laughs) All right, so NIL, back to NIL. So Auburn. So what I've been told down there is that they're – and look, I I don't know about this. You know, because so you look and see all the schools that are out there you know, Tennessee and Miami have probably been the most public facing. I think everybody knows there's a collective at AM, and to their credit, they're not out there advertising it. Uh, Texas has advertised several different ones. Texas fan base is so big. I mean, they could probably legitimately have six collectives and, and, and just pay everybody. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think you look at those. I mean, I mentioned Ohio State, who I'm hearing more and more about. It's not everybody, right? Uh, and, and here in the neighborhood, it's not Georgia or Clemson or North Carolina. I mean, you know, you know, Kirby Smart, Dabo Sweeney, Mac Brown, they've all, you know, done well in recruiting previously. Uh, you don't hear much about that. Alabama, you don't hear much about. Um, and my understanding is behind the scenes, those schools are doing it the right way. You know, they're saying, hey, you get an opportunity if you come here. Here's what we do. Sort of like South Carolina. So, but the ones out there spending money on recruits, which I think is dumb anyway. Because I, I just, you know, I, I, there's certain, you know, if you really wanted to break it down from a football standpoint, there's certain positions you should play for, certain ones you shouldn't certain levels of players that are worth it, certain ones that aren't. Uh, It is an absolute farce to look at the top 247 on 24-7 sports and use that as your your salary uh, ranking. That's the dumbest thing you could possibly do if you're sitting there trying to put together a college football team. More about that in a second. So, so, (laughs) So you don't hear much about Auburn at all. You know, Auburn... Right now, they uh, 
shoot. I, and look, I, I mentioned Auburn earlier. I like Auburn. I have friends that are big Auburn fans, love their school, love their fans, all that. Um, so, so they've got a kid that they got out of, uh, out of Georgia. That's a four-star guy, low four-star guy. Then they got a offensive lineman, 6'1", 330. It's a big boy uh, out of uh, Alabama. It's a good year in state down there, of course. I don't know. I don't know if this guy's quite a four-star. You know, but they're not necessarily killing it. And you would think after taking it from, you know, Alabama's obviously been out recruiting them, and they, they, they hate Alabama. You know, they, that, that's their big thing. You think with their deep-pocketed boosters that, oh, it's on. Let's do a collective. Let's rock. And, and they do have a collective, but you just don't hear much about it. And you don't really hear Auburn being a factor with some of these guys. So what I was told was that the folks down there, it's kind of funny. They don't like Harson, right? So, and they almost got him fired after year one. They hate him. They, they don't like him. Probably because he lost five games in a row in last season. Uh, but at the same time, Harson, I mean, that is just such a different type of hire than they've ever made. Think about it going back to, to Pat died. So you got Pat die, you know, Tommy Bowden, or sorry, Terry Bowden, my bad, Terry Bowden. You go Brother Oliver as on an interim basis, and that was that caused a stink. You hire Tommy Tuberville from Ole Miss. You know, Tuberville leaves. You go hire somebody that used to work for him, Gene Chiswick. Chiswick doesn't work out. You go hire Gus, who used to work for Chiswick. You know, you're going to fire Gus last year. People wanted to hire Kevin Steele, you know, and then the new the new age folks there decided, no, 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 we're going to do it. We'll hire Brian Harson, coached in the South. He's, he was a former Arkansas State coach, kind of like Gus and Hugh Freeze, but, you know, a Boise guy, right? Culturally, maybe not a fit, but I'll say this, LSU's hired – you know, I don't think Nick Saban was a culture fit when he went to LSU. Uh, he had a plan, though, and put together a staff that was. Uh, I don't know who Les Miles was when he went there, but he ended up being. Certainly don't think Brian Kelly would have been. You know, uh, culture fit sort of is, you know, <laughs> you can either coach or you can't, right? Um you know, Butch Jones was a great culture fit at Tennessee until he wasn't, right? You know, think about it. So, if you, so anyway, so they're stuck with horses. So they, they give him an, another year. So not only did they get talked into hiring this guy, you know, nobody said anything about it, but then they got him, they stuck with him another year. Yeah, we don't want to pay a buyout, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. So what I've been told is the, they're, they're not really fired up about throwing a bunch of flow into the collective and, and helping him recruit all that much. And that, you know, that probably just going to wait until he gets fired. So that was funny, but I say that to tell you this about NIL Auburn is going to be one of those schools. That's going to be a huge player in the space. That's just their way. Right. And, you know, so that's another school that's right there kind of in the neighborhood, kind of on the outskirts of the neighborhood that's going to be very, very involved. Florida, we saw, you know, announce whatever. Now, all that stuff, going back to the NCAA's rules, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you can't do it anymore. Well, look, man, the, the minute the NCAA tries to penalize a school or something like that, and they, they can't penalize the player for taking it, which is, you know, it's toothless enforcement. Uh, they're, they're all going to – all these collective folks are going to slap a lawsuit on the NCAA class action. It's going to go all the way to the Supreme Court, and I don't think they're going to win. Because if you take, you know, athletic competition out of it, right, you know, and you, you just kind of look at it from a business standpoint, you know, why – why are high school athletes based on their quote unquote perceived value? Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to think like a Supreme court justice would not able to get as much as they want. That's America. That's capitalism. No matter what the value really is at the end of the day, 
It's not against the law to make a stupid investment, folks. And so that's probably going to work its way through the court. So there, there's another part to this. Um, and then I'll talk about Carolina Rise briefly. Uh, the state of South Carolina, as much as I just griped <laughs> about the, the Board of Trustees thing, which I'm still mad about, but like I said, I'm not, I'm more mad at one individual if that individual is blocking him. I'm not mad personally at him. I just think it's moronic. It's terrible. It's not what's best for Carolina. It's not what's best for anybody. It's not what's best for his buddy on the board of trustees because this guy is going to become like arch enemy number one. He's going to be like the uh, the freaking Kevin Bacon character on, on Animal House. People are going to, I mean, you know, he's a villain now. And I don't know that he always was or should have been an actual villain. But now, you know, here, here's a guy that's, you know, using his political clout to prevent a much needed restructuring for his own personal ego. You know, and maybe they'll give him some lessons in athletics, Charles Williams. I don't, I don't know. He needs to learn some things, I think, about it before he talks about it again. So uh anyway back to what the states do something in, in the budget which they're gonna i guess debate i've talked about politics way too much in this episode not i mean it's not politics but it's you know they, they, this is relevant stuff for carolina um you know so, so they're gonna vote on the budget or whatever now in the budget they're south carolina is suspending their nil law for the fiscal year which means in july that law is off the books, which means theoretically South Carolina can bring NIL in-house. So can Clemson. So can Coastal, Winthrop, wherever. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. And, you know, you guys out there in Gamecock fan land, it, it, it's it, 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 it's a lot easier, I think, to reach the masses because I can reach the hard, the diehard. So can so can Garnet Trust, but it's a lot easier to reach the masses, i.e., Gamecock Club members. You know, your folks that aren't really on the internet or that read free articles on the internet. They don't really converse on the message board. You know, it's part of their lives. They they love it. You know, to reach those guys to kick in an extra 25, 30 bucks on their Gamecock Club membership or more, or to get major gifts uh, than it is for a guy like me to go do it. You know because I know you guys love me and trust me. <laughs> it's a lot better when you got the power of the university behind you. Now, now, whether or not that's the university saying, here are the collectives, go do it, or, or whether it's them bringing it in-house, which I think, I, I, from what I understand, it's going in-house. And I, I need to get some clarification on that. Uh, and at Clemson, too. Now, uh, I talked earlier about blaming Ray Tanner <laughs> for NIL. Well, once they do that, you're going to be able to do it. It'll be on the university. Again, the leadership uh, of the university, which is another reason why the board of trustees, I mean, I can't imagine what these clowns are going to say about NIL. I can't imagine it. You know, what, what are they going to say when the university's athletic department has to raise $20 million to play to pay for NIL opportunities for players? You know, uh, and they wouldn't even, they didn't even like a $6 million buyout for a coach, right? And, uh, you know, and, and they're running a $1.3 billion a year enterprise. It baffles me. Yeah, don't, don't listen to anybody that poor mouths you about the University of South Carolina. Please don't think that. I think this is, if South Carolina wants to compete in the NIL space, I think this is absolutely the best way to go. Now, I'll say this it's about Carolina Rise, the collective. Off to a great start with it. Uh, we've had some technical issues getting the website up. Um, have 103458 bucks pledged annually. In other words, over the course of a year with recur recurrings. Uh, 40,000 of it's come from you guys giving small dollar donations, and it's been a very limited audience, my podcast audience, the people on the Big Spur, and I've only given you guys one way to pay or two ways to pay through PayPal or through check. 
Uh, the other 50 grand was pledged by a group of alums. And then we had a business come in for a thousand a month that we talked to. And then another business uh, looking at coming in for that much too. So it could have been more than that. I told you I was going to be transparent. None of the money's been spent. None of the money is going to be spent. Uh, until I get some kind of clarification. Here's the issue with me personally. I, I love the idea. I don't mind doing it. I love, I have the time. Um, the time doesn't bother me. I don't, except never getting paid for it or anything like that. Uh, the issue is the NCAA's guidance and what happens if they define me personally as a Carolina booster. Number one, I've never been member of the Gamecock club, anything about, parents were my family's been my friends were i've never been because of my job and when you cover like national football recruiting and you deal with recruits all the time it's a big no-no you cannot be a booster under any circumstances so i've given not a penny to the south carolina athletics department nor nor do i think that you know uh when i got into this what was that but you know so i don't know right now now look i don't talk to recruits anymore i stay out of that you know, we have other people that do. I haven't talked to a recruit since 2015. That was Shamik Blackshear. Or no, Arden Key. Arden Key. That was the last time J.C. Sherbert did an interview with a recruit. Um, and really, until I started the collective, it didn't matter. You know, I, I, uh, you know, who cares? Uh, it was just part of my, you know, we got hell and some other guys that do that. Um, and you get burnt out doing that, right? <laughs> And so, but, but as far as like being defined as a booster and owning the big spur and producing content for the, you know, it, it just, you get into that gray area. And so what I have to find out is, you know, with regards to the big spur, which is my primary business and primary income, how, does that affect anything contractually with us? Um, is that a conflict of interest? If I'm defined as a booster, yeah, I don't really care about the label. Anybody that cares about that, you know, doesn't have a problem with that with me, can go jump in a hole. You know, personally, if you want to criticize me for it, I don't care. Like the psychotic group of Clemson fans on Twitter that I have blocked. Hope you're listening to the podcast, losers. And not a loser because you're a Clemson fan. You're a loser because you're a loser. Because <laughs> you create different Twitter accounts that are anonymous and like to tweet at Gamecock people all day, which is, man. Lou, that is, that is sit in your mom's basement with a jar of Vaseline level loser. But that's okay. I bought most of them. <laughs> but I've read some of the stuff they said. It's psychotic. I mean, it, it's just freaking psychotic. Uh, I'm like, dude, you've won national championships. You've beaten Carolina how many times in a row? You had your worst team since 2014 and spanked Carolina at the home line. I mean, wh why are you worried? You know? <laughs> well, anyway. It's a rivalry, so I guess that's it. But I, I think there's mental illness there and, 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 and stuff like that. But that's another topic for another day. Uh, so I don't care what people say, but, you know, there could, if, if there's some kind of, like, stipulation uh, that, that would not be good, um, I'm going to I'm gonna have to punt on that and, and not punt. I'm going to shift gears. I've got a plan. Um, you know, in, in don't worry, everybody's money still sitting there. We, you know, there's one deal kind of pending that, that could come about, you know, uh, and I'd keep it up for that probably. And, uh, but right now, you know, kind of pump the brakes on, you know, getting, you know, I don't, I don't know about pump brakes on, on getting the processor set up and all that. Cause that's, a, that's another subject, but I'm just kind of pumping the brakes on, you know, going all in on it till I get some clarification from the university uh, about what, what happens. And um, you know, I, I expect some resolution there in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, <laughs> if you'd like to sign up, you can, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to say I've been disappointed uh, about the the uh, the response because number one it's been on PayPal or check and you know that's 
not not convenient these days. You know, number two, uh, it's all new and, and people are still talking. We're still talking about it. Number three, some people just may not have had time. But let's just say there's a lot. I mean, I look at my audience numbers. I look at the membership numbers on the Big Spur and the paid members. That's not to mention the millions of paid views that site gets every month. Um, and let's just say there's a lot, a lot of folks out there that, that, that have, you know, that if you could get 20% of those, you know, things would be probably pretty, pretty doggone stellar. Uh, and I'm amazed we've done what we've done so far with limited, uh, visibility, but, uh, you know, so that, that's something that definitely, you know, moving forward, if, if, if you get the all clear, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll end up doing some really, really good things uh, up until the point that the university takes it in-house, right, uh, which could be in July. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, I don't know exactly how they're going to approach it, you know, whether they'll – I've heard different scenarios with that. But, but I do – you know, I, like I said before with, with Carolina Rise, I, uh, I didn't do it because, I, I, oh, look at me, I want to do a collective and our competition is doing a collective, so we should do a collective. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And nothing to do with that. I did it because I, I think that Garnet Trust is a unique product that's doing unique things, and, and I credit them for that. I, I thought I think I do think there's a need uh, with regards to the University of South Carolina of something that's a little more straightforward uh, as it relates to uh, what other NIL collectives are doing across the country. I'm not saying. Certainly not saying getting on the private jet and going to sign a recruits, uh, but just your normal, you know, cut and dry promotional kind of thing. Uh, you know, I, I like I, I like what she's done over there, right? And, and I hope that if this does not work out for Carolina Rise, that I'll encourage all of you to go sign up up there because to me it's just one big pot of money for Carolina players. And that's what I'm looking at from a competitive standpoint. I'm not looking at, Ah, uh, well, you know, he's got this and we've got that, you know, it, it, it you know, they, they do facilitate content for Gamecock central over there. And that is a competitive website, but I don't care. You know, we all do content. It's all different. Some of it's the same. It doesn't matter. Um, but I look at it as, <laughs> Hey, you know, this collective and the other collective at Carolina would probably you know, trending towards a half million, right? And uh, Clemson's got 5.5. And uh, God knows how much Tennessee's got. And, yeah, I mean, and, you know, that, that's the number I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, whatever I can do to contribute to that number. Now, I'll say this, too. The brand, CarolinaRise.com, is probably not going anywhere. I'll probably – if I have to get out of the collective business, uh, I think I'm going to get into the uh, – I think I'm going to morph it and do something to contribute to NIL within the parameters of, you know, what I do and that brand. So stay tuned for that. But I don't want to alarm anybody. But like I said, when I started this thing, I want to be transparent. Um, honored that many of you have trusted the plan uh, and hope many of you, many more of you do too. You know, like I said, it's not over yet. Uh, but I want to kind of explain with all the new developments, you know, where I was coming from with it all right so that's that with that uh gonna play uh gonna tell you about i help i help consulting uh even though there's no mailbag if you want to get in the mailbag it's inside the game at gmail.com or tweet to at the big spur pod i help consulting is a gamecock owned and operated company whose only mission only mission now is to save you time and money they can save you money on expenses, credit card processing, internet insurance, anything else. They can find you the most savings without sacrificing quality. And remember, if I help can't save your business any money, don't pay them anything. That's right. If I help can't help your business, it's no cost to you. So call or text Daniel Owens at iHelp, 843-372-5713, or visit iHelpConsulting.com to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 843-372-5713. I help consulting. How can I? help you um big spur golf tournament had some other people sign up the other day uh just wanted to say you know for those of you that knew ryan fisher great human being unfortunately passed from covid kind of sad 
but things have been picking up. I'm going to read you the dates and all that. Uh, if you need a link to sign up for the, a foursome or whatever, uh, shoot me an email inside the game at gmail.com. I'll get that right to you. And the site's crashing. Okay. Um, if you want to sponsor a whole, shoot an email, John M. Whittle at gmail.com. Uh, had 11 years off. I used to do this for the Ray Tanner Foundation, but it's May 23rd at Charwood, 9 a.m. shotgun start with lunch served following the round. I've, I've, I've kind of been getting a hint about like who's serving lunch. Oh boy. <laughs> um, and uh, it's raising money for the Ryan Fisher Baseball Manager Scholarship Fund and another to-be-determined gift in his name. This event's not-for-profit. All the money's raised will be donated. Um, and Fish played at Charlotte a lot. It was close with many of the people there. Uh, Vista Art, flagship golf company, Federated Insurance, the Eye Center, uh, Desan and Shalabi Law Firm, and... Uh, TheBigSpur.com, the Big Spur Media Group, Sherb Nation LLC, whatever you want to call it. Uh, on my end, my two companies are sponsoring it as well. And certainly, um, we'd love, love uh, for you guys to come play. You'll have a silent auction, giveaway items to raffle off, uh, lots of good stuff, gift bags. Um, but May 23rd, Charwood, uh, 9 a.m. shotgun start. Get a foursome together. I think there's probably seven, six, seven. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Let me check. Five, six spots left. And I know of two foursomes coming in. So if you want to play and uh, contribute to a great cause, please do this. It's hard for me. I get. I didn't know Ryan Fisher. Uh, I, I never met him. But so many mutual friends I felt like I did. And what happened was just tragic. Uh, it was just awful. You know, because that that's a guy that, Everybody universally beloved and you know, had a new wife. I mean, it's just awful. Uh, but uh, certainly love the calls here uh, for that. So, Bigsburg Golf Tournament. Uh, be sure to check that out. Um, and I said, like I said, if, if you want to get a get a team together, get a group together, uh, or get you guys. You know, I think you could come play. So I'm not sure if you can play solo or not. Uh, maybe they'll put you in a team. Uh, so anyway. Uh, head on out you know one of the things they're gonna uh raffle off is uh vista art has a frame print from shane beamer's first game grace and grinder sent his stuff with merrifield all that good stuff i bought some some big spur shot glasses today gonna be included in the in the gear uh thing and whatever got some koozie stuff like that so um yeah, so it's, it's going to be a pretty good deal. Fairways with fish. It's going to be pretty awesome. So, uh, really, really like it. Um, all right, so that that's that. All right, so I've said my piece. NIL, BOT, dominated today, recruiting, all that. But I had to get it off my chest, folks. And uh, the NIL thing, I think, is going to work out in a good way for South Carolina one way or the other. Um if they don't bring it in house, I have faith that even if Carolina rise contractually, I have to end up, you know, not doing it myself. Maybe someone else could. My brother is a partner in that for me. I don't know if he could run it all. Um, or, you know, I'll tell you to go give to Garnet Trust or whoever else. Uh, and then I'll do a smaller part with, you know, selling the gear or something like that where all the profits go uh, to NIL University of South Carolina. So something like that. Uh, good uh, good day today on the crystal ball with Dylan Lonergan. Uh, be sure to check out Hale. Uh, also was on the road today at Greenville High School. Mazio Bennett, uh, high three-star receiver from Greenville High, class of 2024. Big game caught target. Justin Steps recruiting him. Uh, I think the Gamecocks are in excellent shape, as they are for a lot of other 2024 prospects and, of course, 2023 uh, and all that. Gamecock baseball <laughs> had a big discussion about that, right? 
Uh, they're about to first pitch with my alma mater, USC Upstate. The Spartans are coming. The Spartans are coming. I uh, got an email from the Alumni Association for USC Upstate saying, well, let's get a group together and go to Columbia and race some hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it didn't say that, but they were like, go cheer on the Spartans at Founders Park. And I was like, well, all six of you should have a great time. Uh, so anyway, uh, I guess they're fired up and looking for a victory. Uh, over the Gamecocks. Certainly, if Gamecocks lose tonight, they probably have to win out to even get on the bubble and probably win in Hoover, which they never do. So we'll see what happens there. Never, you know, you're not dead till you're dead in baseball, but, uh, you know, we'll see sort of, sort of what happens. All right. Inside the Gamecocks podcast, JC Sherbert. Uh, apologies to Tony Pope State Farm. I did not get to that ad today with a break, but. Certainly, we'll make that up to you guys tomorrow. Anyway, Tony Pope State Farm, uh, by the way, can uh, write insurance in Georgia, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, and just about anything you need insurance-wise. Tony's a guy I've known for years, honest as the day is long, huge Gamecock. Uh, Really, uh, my experiences with them, uh, car insurance, life insurance, all that, that I've gotten through them has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, they say like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And, uh, they get, you know, the rates I always got were great. Um, so anyway, th- there's Tony Pope State Farm I had for you. Uh, you know, I would encourage everybody uh, to look him up on the internet, TonyPope.com. All right. That's it. Inside the Game Guys podcast, signing off on a Tuesday. J.C. Sherbert, be back with you tomorrow. Oh. The daily thing. Ooh. Anyway, folks, have a good evening. Hope I didn't uh, get too fired up on you today. We'll be back with uh, other football talk and uh, baseball, basketball, uh, whatever. Uh, Rocking and rolling. Inside the Gamecocks. Have a good one.